0: New Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Karen Parisi from Central Reach. Karen, it's really nice to have you on.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited. So tell me a bit about yourself, Karen.
1: Sure. So I am the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Central Reach, a little bit about me. I've been in marketing my entire career, but I actually come from a finance background. So I have always been very data focused when it comes to marketing and have delivered strategies across different types of organizations from startups all the way through enterprise, really taking this data driven approach. So it's wonderful to be here.
0: Nice. Well, That's awesome. So tell me a bit about Central Reach, what you guys are doing, what you're up to, space you're in and all that.
1: So, Central Reach is a software for clinicians who work with children of autism. So, we essentially help these clinicians with their entire practice. So, from the business side of the house with scheduling, authorizations, billing, all the way through the clinical side of the house through data collection and working with their clients and helping them learn new skills. So, we've been around since about 2012. We saw a lot of, initially, some organic growth between 2012 and 2018, and that's really where uh, we started to shift into this scale-up mode where we we had a successful product, we were well-known in the industry, but it was time to take that growth to the next level. So we received investment from a private equity company called Insight Partners, who really gave us the opportunity to put those foundations in place that we needed to take our customers to the next level take our products to the next level, take our marketing to the next level, and, and so forth and so on. So it's been a fun ride over these past uh, two and a half years since I've been with the company.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome. So yeah. what does marketing look like in this space then?
1: Yeah. So it was interesting. We're a health tech organization. And we, for the longest time, we were just really well known for a brand within the space. But it comes a point where your brand can only get you so far. Your customers that know you, love you, continue to stay with you are great, but how do you grow that new pipeline? So when I started about two and a half years ago, it was really focused on building out that demand generation function, making sure that sales had the right pipeline in place to be able to grow rapidly. And so what we did was really establish a demand generation leader uh, on the team who I won't tell you his name because I don't want anyone to steal him because he's amazing. In those early days, you really established, how do we measure marketing, right? What does success mean? You never want to put dollars into marketing that you can't point back to revenue. And that's always been my opinion. And it really, if you can get that right measurement in place, you can figure out what's working, what's not, and scale it from there. And so that's what we really did in those early days. As we've evolved, we've been able to expand that marketing machine over the past couple of years and really layer on the more brand initiatives uh, on top of that. If you have that really high-functioning kind of revenue pipeline generator, which is what the gen team does, then you can start adding in more industry-related you know, content. How do you keep your customers ahead of the game? And so that's what we've really been focused on this past past two years is really just getting that right content out there, helping the our particular industry, which is the applied behavior analysis industry, stay ahead of what's coming in terms of whether it's regulations within the industry or new technology that can help them uh, scale their own business. And by being able to both ensure that there's this kind of bottom of the funnel pipeline for our sales team, but also focus then on the education of our industry, we're able to see that growth, you know, from both ends of the marketing strategies.
0: Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And I think you're Mm -hmm. telling me the majority of your pipeline comes from marketing. So that's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know what, so it's, we do end up seeing a lot of the, the pipeline come from marketing. I think it's a testament to the campaigns we have in place. But it's also a testament to the alignment that we have across sales and marketing. You can put a lot of money into marketing, you can create a ton of campaigns to get out there. But if you don't have that sales alignment that's gonna see those leads come in, see them through to conversion, it's really it's not gonna work as, as effectively as you want it to. That's what is really critical to the high-functioning marketing team, is also having that alignment and collaboration with sales to ensure that the money that you're putting into market is going to actually convert into revenue dollars for them. So now I'm in a particularly lucky situation because my head of sales is someone I've worked with at a prior company. So now Mm -hmm. this is our second time around doing this, which is fun. We were at the point where we know each other's strategies. And I really think that whether you worked with someone prior or not, Having that collaboration, even at the leadership level, is really critical. It's you need to be the best role model you can for your teams. And I think because we have that good collaboration at our level, you see that happen across across the teams, which is really great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's look at the past year. What does it look like for you guys? What are some of the challenges that maybe you've run into, some of the successes you've had?
1: I think 2020 was really one of those make or break years. You can really see how effective a sales and marketing team is when put under pressure like you are in 2020. And and obviously, there was just a lot of pressures, obviously, at work, in all of our home lives, and, and probably one of the most trying times for many of us. And I think what we really had to force ourselves to do both on the leadership side and as a function is make sure that we were truly being authentic to what was going on at the time. And I think that's something, authenticity, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to sales, is just something that is so really critical and important, regardless of if you're going through a pandemic or not. So anyways, let me back up a little bit. I think when the pandemic first hit... For our industry, we're on healthcare. So we saw a lot of our the clinicians and the practices that we serve see this drop in the number of clients they were seeing, the number of appointments they had. So this was this scary moment as we saw across industries where your customers are in this moment of not knowing what's going to happen to their business or their practice. And so for us, what we did is we actually came together to really understand what was going on, look at the data behind what our customers were going through because we have, so since we're a software company, we can actually see a lot of what's happening within our customers' business from revenue, from appointments, clients, et cetera. So we could get a sense of, okay, here's where they're at right now. And so here's really what they need from us. They need business continuity. They need to be able to figure out how to get back into the game, how to get appointments back on the calendar and how to really come out of this huge dip that they saw. They also needed a partnership and collaboration from us. And so by really understanding where they were, we were able to, as an organization, come together and come up with the right marketing campaigns the right sales campaigns to really help these customers where they were at that point in time. As I was mentioning before, obviously, it starts with that alignment. We had that alignment across the leadership team, across the marketing and sales team to say, okay, right now, here's what our customers need. Here's the message we're going to get out into market. Here are the products we're going to offer that's going to solve this challenge of business and care continuity. And here are the extra resources that we're just going to give away to, to help them through this time. The other thing that we ended up doing was launching uh, a, a free tool, one of our products that you know we typically charge for. We ended up giving it away for free in these early days because, again, our customers were struggling. We wanted to give them something to use during this time when they didn't have a lot of revenue coming in the door and they needed to keep their employees engaged. And so just... You can apply this idea to whatever business that you're doing. But for us, we offered out our learning management system that includes continuing education credits to mm-hmm. our customers for free. So in our industry, you need continuing education credits to maintain your credentials. So this was a good kind of a goodwill thing that we could do to give back to our industry, give back to our customers, and give back actually to the to our prospects as well because we opened it up. And so I think that the combination of those three things – really helped our customers come back out of that dip, ultimately, in this kind of checkmark recovery that they saw. And then my organization and our teams really helped get that demand generation uh, and that sales function back to where it was Mm pre-pandemic. And I think while it was all hands on deck in those early days, there was just a lot of learnings from that around authenticity, around... Giving your customers the right message at the right time that we always talk about wanting to do, but it's often harder to actually implement, Uh, but spending the time to get it right, spending the time to make sure there's alignment across the leadership team to be able to get that message out quickly is something that we've actually brought into kind of our new, our ongoing approach to marketing in 2021. And so we continue to try to make our campaigns as authentic as we possibly can and really back committed to helping our customers get to that light at the end of the tunnel, especially as it relates to COVID and and business continuity.
0: Love that, that's awesome. So you're building upon some of these pivots you made and furthering those for the year ahead this year.
1: I love that. Exactly. I've, as I mentioned earlier, I've worked at enterprise organizations. I've worked at a a startup actually. I, I started my own company, a software company. And while all of these organizations differ in their needs at any one point in time, there's just a lot of learnings that you could gather as a marketing leader, as a sales leader, that you really should be documenting time and time again. A lot of the the efforts that we put together this past year and into 2021 come from that experience of tweaking a campaign that you might have done in the past or a strategy that you might have had in the past. And so that that sense of creating your playbook is is really important, especially in these kind of make or break times.
0: Love that. That's awesome. So what advice would you give to other marketing people in terms of doing marketing well, building relationships with customers, all that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, I think transparency is important. Marketing at scale can sometimes be, it can be quite difficult to stay personalized And that's where I think a lot of organizations fall flat in terms of scaling, but scaling with personalization in mind so that you can still talk to your customers wherever they are at or whoever they are or whatever type of challenges or gaps that they're currently facing. I think as you are planning out your marketing strategies, as you are planning out how you go to market, it's really important to try to keep personalization in mind and build your infrastructure so that you can start to support personalization at scale. And it takes time to build out. You need to make sure that you have the right software in place. You need to make sure that you understand who your customers are, and you can map out those various different you know, needs that they will have so that you can really get that message, make sure there's transparency there in in everything that you're communicating out.
0: Love that. How do you go about doing personalization at scale? Just maybe a high level overview.
1: Yeah. One, you need software. So uh, if you try to uh, just get an email program or a, a marketing automation tool, and assume that you'll be able to get personalized, you won't be able to, and and Mm. know that's okay. It requires planning, and it requires understanding and being able to measure who your customers are. What we do here, uh, what we did, and what we continue to do, is make sure that we are mapping out our customers and every detail that we might need to know about them within our CRMs, which is Salesforce. Mm. So we know everything from you know, who they are in terms of role, do they own budget, are they, what are their pain points? And by tracking this all within your CRM, you'll be able to uh, aggregate the data points that you need in order to really slice and dice how you need to within your marketing automation tool. So, invest in not only those tools, but then in the people that you need to actually build out that automation so that you can really get personalized at scale. That's really just with your known market, right? People that may have come through your website or come through your various different content channels. Then, you know, you need to look a little bit more broadly. How do you reach the accounts that are within your market at a personalized level? So as you, as we've all seen, a lot of industries, a lot of marketing strategies are moving towards an account-based approach pretty broadly. So for example, we are we uh, operate in a very finite market, right? There's only a certain number of org practices that exist within our market. So, we have no excuse but to not but to know these not to know these customers as well as we possibly can so that we can really have a one-to-one conversation with all of them. So we do actually use a uh, software tool that allows us to communicate to individual accounts and the the people that work within those accounts at a more one-to-one level than say, hey, you have a mass campaign that you're blasting out there. Hmm. So I think it's important to not only gather data around your customers in a in a way that's reportable, but also then investing in the software and the people that can help you bring that data to life in the form of your communications.
0: Love it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Any last thoughts for those listening in terms of anything?
1: Sometimes you're going to get it right. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong. That's okay. I think, as I mentioned before, I'm very data-driven, and I think that has helped me throughout my marketing career is looking at my failures, learning from them and learning how I can tweak them to make them better for the future. So I'd say continue to test, continue to try. It's okay if you get it wrong, just keep at it and eventually you'll improve over time.
0: Totally. Hey, Karen, thanks so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom and insights here. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course. It was wonderful. Thanks for having me. Yeah.